Welcome everyone to another episode of the Spiritual Alchemy Podcast. So again, I'm Camille Babington and I'm here with Laura Jean Palmer Maloney and we're here to share ideas related to the spiritual alchemy theme of mindfulness and metacognition. And this week we're looking specifically at resilience. So let's open up this topic by just asking ourselves, what actually is resilience? And according to the American Psychological Association, resilience or psychological resilience, as it's called sometimes, is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, such as family and relationship problems, serious health problems, or workplace and financial stressors, and there's a lot of other ones. And it means bouncing back from difficult experiences. So essentially, resilience represents a process of adapting well and recovering well in the face of adversity. So, Jean, what is resilience to you? That's the, that's the kind of scientific definition. What does that mean to you? I remember the first time someone ever called me resilient. And I thought, what an odd, what an odd choice of words. I don't know, I, I'm not used to thinking of myself or people as resilient. It was very interesting. I was sitting at a desk, at my desk, in Afghanistan at Camp Leatherneck. And we had just experienced some things going very haywire in one of the Afghanistan operations. And my my participation in it was just, I was, I was so confused and and trying to figure out where to head with what I needed to do next. And one of my British colleagues had a sticky note pad and he wrote the word resilient and he put it on front of on on my desk in front of me and he goes, This is you. Catch your breath and 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 figure it out. And and I thought, okay, um I'll, I'll give it a go. You know, and sometimes the British use of words is interesting. I, I don't know if any of yeah. my American friends would have done that. But at, at that moment, I, I realized, I okay, I can, this is a matter of adapting and bouncing back. That was exactly what he was talking about. Um, and then I remember the day that we got the phone call about Angus passing away. Actually, it was the, the day after. And I was talking to my friend Lydia Hobson, whose son had also passed away within the past few years. And and I, I just said, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I can't let down at all right now that I've got to be really ready to adapt and rebound because everybody's depending on me. And, and she said, you know, as... The, the anchor in your home as the mom, as the, as the source of support that you see yourself are, you will find resilience when other people can't. And, and it is that just sort of feeling like you're adapting, you're changing, you're modifying what you need to do in order to, to stay strong and to grow and to move with the circumstances that you're presented with. And sometimes it can be exhausting, and sometimes you don't do it with uh, a lot of planning ahead of time. It's just in your face. But yeah, and that's what I was thinking. It's like I'm, that must have been really hard just in that moment to be like, okay, well, everyone's depending on me, and I'm the one that has to be resilient right now because no one else is going to be. And like in that moment, you're, you know, you have to be so strong, and you can't. 
you know. You can't be the one to be breaking down. Now, over right. time, you know, after I got everybody feeling like they were going to be okay for a minute, I had my own little moments of collapse, you know, but it was mm. just sort of like right now in this moment, I believe other people need me to be strong and to be there. And and I I I was thinking about this. I believe that when I feel like my part or what I'm up to is really important and needed, I'll figure out a way to to be there. I'll figure out a way to be strong and to be present. You know, and, and I don't know I, I don't mean to make it seem like it's external things coming in that that make you resilient or not or that but it's it is this feeling of other people depend on me and I'm not going to let them down. Yeah. And and it's I kind of see it as, you know, you being the mother and the mother you you kind of have this role as like it's very stressful, I'm sure sometimes, but it's also I mean it's a huge responsibility and it's also a huge gift. I mean at both at once. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it, it, it is for everything, you know, about yeah. about parenting in general. You know, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be in some sort of a catastrophic moment. But even when you feel like, oh, my gosh, when, when the boys were young and they were nursing, like, every two hours, and I just wanted some sleep, you know, it'd yeah. be like, ah. But you, you rally, you know? You you know, you have no other choice. And and, and I think I think being a dedicated friend, being a team member, you know, that it's not just always about the people that you're related to, it's just your circumstances, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but we have very different approaches to that in our roles as women and, and and I do believe that in many ways sometimes the female the feminine face of our our personas is the one that's associated most with this kind of resilience and dedication and caregiving. But I, I know that there, it's it's there men and women and everybody finds that when when you need it and when you have it to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what some people call female energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's it's and it's men have it too. You know, men both men and women have female energy inside of them. But it's like that thing that that definitely um, will will keep you nurturing and and resilient despite circumstances where masculine energy is more like, well, I think I might leave, you know, <laughs> or I think I'm going to flee this situation <laughs> and go find, you know, something else to, 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 to dominate. <laughs> but anyway, we all have masculine and feminine energy in this. This is not a, uh, this is not a gender debate. Um, and I think resilience... I mean, to me, it's a quality that, when I was thinking about this, um, it's such an interesting quality to have because it evokes your past, present, and future. It's something that is just, like, so encompassing over all of your life. Um, it's something that you build over time, you know? You'll ha- you always you always have more the next day. Um and it's not something you can really practice, like kindness or gratitude, but it's something that you build through those kinds of mm-hmm. practices. And that's what makes it so special. It's like it's so it's so rare because you have to build it and you have to learn it. And it and but it's not it, I wouldn't say it's exclusive to some types of people. It's it it's 
involves behaviors and thoughts and actions that can be learned and developed in anyone. Um, and but I think no, I was going to say, and it's just not it's not only people. You know, I really do believe that sometimes yeah. our um, our animals, our cats and our dogs, are incredible. Uh, ex- they they exude resilience, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to share a little bit about. Chauncey it's just beautiful (laughs) so Chauncey my black cat who's about three years old um, he (laughs) basically we were on a huge road trip on the east coast of the US and um, we had to come home from I guess it was Florida all the way back to Montreal and um we, or no, it was North Carolina because we dropped off the car in North Carolina. So then from North Carolina to Montreal, um, there's, I don't know how many hours by car, but we didn't have a car. So we had to take buses and the buses system in America. I mean, (laughs) sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't. You have to be a very resilient traveler. Exactly. So basically it took us at uh, the end of the story. I mean, we had all these delays and we couldn't get on the right one and blah, 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 blah. We ended up spending like six hours in New York uh, with New York City with the cat um, uh, because it just, we like had missed our bus or whatever because the other one was late, etc., etc., etc. We got home. It had been 30 hours of traveling and this cat this cat did not he ate maybe three little nuggets of food in the whole thing he didn't drink any water and he didn't go to the bathroom at all but I just was so proud of him by the end and what I was saying earlier is that I don't know how that cat still trusts me for anything or still loves me for anything because I put him through such hell um but man, is he resilient. And um, I mean, 30 hours of traveling for a cat. And he, he got through so, it. So, and it's an endurance, but it's more than endurance. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not scarring you in the, the way that when you've endured something, mm. you can be just sort of left spent on the side of the road, right? This is, this was energized afterward he adapted he adjusted and and you know many times uh in some of these programs where people have been through a lot of trauma bringing animals in i'm i'm thinking particularly of like the wounded warrior program with the use of dogs for for some Mm -hmm. of these guys that 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 having the animal there helps the people build resilience and recover um yeah. yeah, so I think we've got... Because pets, I mean, we, we've probably all seen that in our pets. They just seem so resilient. They seem like they could b- bounce back from anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always energized. They're always, you know, up in the morning. We're, and sometimes we're just kind of like, Ugh, I don't want to get out of bed. Well, they're there licking your face, telling you to get Let's up. Let's go. Let's go. Well, you know, I think... I, I think I, I stumbled across a quote from Psychology Today that I really wanted to share and and that has it it goes right along with what we're talking about that resilient people do not let adversity define them they find resilience by moving towards a goal beyond themselves transcending pain and grief by perceiving bad times as a temporary state of affairs 
And and that was Chauncey, yeah. right? You know, this bad time will pass. I trust this woman. I know I'm going to get beyond it. It's our own, our own mm-hmm. movement through and with our grief, right? As we're on these yeah. journeys. Yeah, and the... And the pets, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of the animals, it's kind of their instinct, right? But what changes it for humans is perception. I mean, one of the central elements of resilience is perception. Do you conceptualize this event as traumatic or do you see it as an opportunity to learn and grow? And that can also go into it as well. I mean, it's like your past doesn't define you, yes, like a lot of people say that. You know, your past doesn't define you, but it does help you learn. So, uh, absolutely. And then people who have experienced trauma are more likely to have strong resilience. Um, And, you know, we all have different strategies for bouncing back. Different cultures experience resilience differently, I'm sure. We all go to different things, you know, some... Some cultures are more, you know, I'm going directly to my family or my community and having them help me out, and some are more individualistic, I imagine. Um, So I read this New Yorker article, which my mom shared with me when I was, I don't know, maybe 16 or 17, and this was the first time that she told me that she thought I was resilient. And because she had read this article... And um, this was before Angus passed away. Um, but really interesting. So in the 1990s, this, this developmental psychologist and clinician at the University of Minnesota called Norman Garmsey shifted research on negative events by looking at areas of strength and resilience rather than vulnerability. So... What's interesting is he came up with this term of protective factors, which are the elements of an individual's background or personality that could enable success despite the challenges that they faced. So it's like instead of saying, my life is really awful now, this bad thing happened, you say, hey, I survived, I'm still here. Yeah, this this thing happened, but... I have all of these qualities inside of me that will help me overcome it. And those are protective factors. It's like looking at the success of overcoming rather than the vulnerability of it happened and it happened to me and there's nothing I can do. Because there is something you can do and you've done it. You're su- you've survived. You know That's the most important thing to always tell yourself. It's like you're still here. You know? and it's going to pass. So what was really interesting to me was to, to look at qualities because we all have qualities within ourselves that will help us overcome these types of negative events. So I'd say, for example, I have a solution-driven mind, meaning that I will focus on solutions to the problem rather than focusing on the problem itself. You know, I like to take action. And I think that that is probably a quality that will help me build resilience. Um, Anytime something happens, you know, I just try to find the solution. And it's good to be aware of your qualities and mindful of them and, and reinforce them to yourself. So I'd say... For a second quality, that I'm always looking for self-improvement and self-discovery. 
I'm curious about myself and how I grow and how I react to things. And that also builds my resilience. So I'd say equality in Jean is her extremely positive acceptance that change is a part of life. So do you, would you say that that part of you builds resilience? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for years and years and years and years and years and years, I have always walked around my house, even talking to my kids, my husband, the only thing constant in nature is change. That's kind of my mantra. And, and mm-hmm. you look at me, uh, you, you, I even look at the way the environmental movement people sometimes talk about saving the earth as if we could put this time stamp on the most perfect moment of whatever it is earth is. But earth is constantly dynamic and changing and supporting one type of an environment over another. It's, there, there's just not this one save the planet, like at which point in its iteration. Uh, but yeah. Yes, that's very cool of you to have picked up on that. I, I think that, and then when I hear you talk about a solution-driven mind, and I think about our common shared person of Angus, I can see where maybe he was attracted to that kind of a, a mindset because that's um, sometimes that's also part of the person. For me, it's like I take risk because I'm curious and I want to yeah. know and I'm not afraid. You know, and I'll just mm-hmm. go, well, I'll learn and I'll back up. One way or another, I will have learned something important. Yeah, t- risk-taking mm-hmm. is a huge part of building resilience, yeah. I would say. And being able to redefine success, um, the, the, mm-hmm. the ways that I've tried any number of things that didn't work out the way that I thought they might, but worked out in a way, and then you just go, well, you know, that I successfully learned something from this, you know, or I was successful in realizing that when I'm making bread and I live above 10,000 feet in the mountains in Colorado, I can, I can turn this batch into really good building material. <laughs> I think Jim used to always go, my loaves of bread in Colorado were rather like brick. Um, but I, I did learn, you know. Uh, I also really loved your comment about self-discovery because I think so very frequently we we limit our ability to be resilient because we're inhibited what we we don't know what we might discover and and maybe something about ourselves is that you're vulnerable you've got these little weak spots um you know but I I wanted to bring up another point when when we're thinking about this and we're thinking about those protective factors uh, just in the past week, Angus's uh, dog, Opie, passed away. And for a month, I was watching Opie's ability to move just disintegrate right before me. He, he went from being running on the beach in October to being unable to, to walk in the backyard by the end of November. And it was a degenerative spinal condition, but the... The fact that I work from home, the fact that I got to be with him to help him in this transition was such a beautiful thing for me because I I missed being able to do that for Angus. And so it, it was like part of the, the discovery and all of that for me, part of that, the 
the being here now and all of that for me, it, it helped me really feel resilient even after he passed away that, you know, that we do have different roles that we play. And I hadn't really thought of myself in the being there to, to be in a hospice kind of a situation before. And, and that created a whole different level of resilience for me. It's hard to explain, but I was very grateful. No, yeah. I was very grateful for that. Um, but, but and, and now you're prepared. I mean, you've, you've experienced those two types of, I guess, exit states <laughs> when, someone, when someone leaves, leaves the earth and, and, and you're prepared and you're way more resilient. And the next time that happens to someone you know, you know you'll be absolutely prepared and absolutely ready to bounce back you know and they, they were they were very different exit strategies right angus's was so abrupt and so like whoa what happened and with opie yeah. it was just a gradual decline so it was a very it, it was a very interesting uh bounding box there for it all but i i do believe that it gets back into looking at that ebb and flow of stress and pain because in the ways that it was painful it was also joyful you know that i go you know what buddy what a great time we've had together, like 12 and a half years. That's phenomenal. You know, thank mm. you. And, and then looking at the situations differently is also a big part of that idea of resilience, right? Because we're maintaining these different perceptions, like you said, that it's, it's all about the way you perceive what's going on. And then just being mindful that right now is the time that we have together. Right. So and so you all of our listeners can see that these these three points that Jean just said, I mean, they are all interconnected, um, understanding that everything is impermanent, looking at perception and mindfulness. These are all things that are so interconnected and that we've been talking about on spiritual alchemy. Um, so as a as a takeaway, let's sort of. Let's sort of talk about some strategies to build resilience. So what are some things that um, we can practice that will help us build our resilience when we're, when we're faced with um, adversity? So a, a huge thing that a lot of, um, well, I did a little bit of research before, and most, most articles will say that um, having strong relationships and connections to those around you, family members, friends. That's a huge support system for, um, for you and, and, and people that will care for you and listen to you, and that, that definitely strengthens resilience. People that go to church, you know, or have, have uh, faith-based organizations that are helping them that can also help build resilience. You know, and in many ways, having organizations like a spiritual alchemy community where you can come together gives you that sort of a foundation also. Absolutely. And and I think another component of the building of resilience that that, that we can nurture and that we can work with are those those instances of being aware. When when you find yourself going, all right, I'm coping, I'm, I'm working with this, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on, and I know that I'm in pain right now, and I know that I, 
I have some decisions to make about which way to go. It's that, that whole mindful connection to this is very much, it, it's, it's a real ancient form of healing, right? Even getting to those mm. points of finding a quiet space in your head, kind of catching your breath. Um, it was, it was, it is beautiful how all of these topics are connecting and, and coming together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's... Yeah, because really, if you don't reflect on what you're feeling or what you're doing, then what is it even good for? Yeah. you're not If you're not aware or conscious of what's happening to you or what, what you're doing about it... Um, like, I don't even know what that feels like because I always reflect on everything that I do and, may, and and too much. I think humans, a lot of time, we can overthink things, you know, um, but to the point where it, it kind of stresses us out. But good, re- moderate, moderate reflection is good. Um, and taking care of yourself. I also wanted to say this one, like really paying attention to yourself, exercising, eating good food, um, keeping your mind alert. All these things are so, so important to building your confidence, building your identity, and nurturing a positive view of yourself. All of these things are are very important for resilience. No, and, and I think that that's an incredibly important point that you've just brought up because especially reflecting on this as the mother, the caregiver, and, and what have you, I think that there are some times when we don't take the, the simple advice that the airlines always begins with, you know, put your own oxygen mask, put, put your mask on yourself first before you help others. If you're, if you're just spending everything, but you're not giving yourself, there's no self-care in there, it's only care for other mm-hmm. people, you will collapse. You will collapse. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's easier said than done because you're so in the moment and you're so just giving and giving and giving that you don't think about it. But you can mm-hmm. tell when you're just about at the end of that and, and it becomes self-destructive. So I think that that's a huge part of being resilient. Well, on that note, I think that this has been an incredibly important topic to discuss. And it's the the first of our podcasts that is being broadcast to our open spiritual alchemy community. We we were this is January of 2018 and we are super excited to help you build resilience and enjoy the journey from grief to purpose with us. And remember, if you haven't listened to any of our other podcasts, please make sure to go back and listen uh, in the in the Dropbox folders. They're all there in various weeks. Um, I think we've are we already have two or three. I'm not sure. I think just two, three actually. Wow. So uh, so definitely go and listen to those, and more to come.